Welcome, Patriots. It's time for another episode of Raven's Radar. We're going to do it a little different today. And do not adjust your set. I am channeling my inner Donald. Come on now. This is the 45 look, and I'm good with it. Today's episode, we're going to talk about what's going on from a different perspective. Right after CPAC, I shot an interview with the one and only Jeffrey Lord. And he is a monumental figure in this movement, but it's become relevant today with everything that's going on. And I'm telling you, it's going to be a powerful, relevant, right on time discussion. You're not going to want to miss. If it's in your sights, it's on my radar. We'll be airborne shortly. Welcome back, Patriots. It's time. We're going to be showing you this amazing interview with the one and only Jeffrey Lord. Jeffrey is a political commentator who has been featured on some of the biggest news outlets, outlets such as Fox News, CNN, keep all my jokes to the side, CNN. He has become well known for his sharp analysis of current events and pertaining to Donald Trump. And what's more relevant for that from what we have all witnessed and seen this past week? We shot this interview, like I said, just after CPAC, and we felt it was the perfect time to air it because Jeffrey's insight on Trump, his premonitions on Trump, including New York District Attorney Eric Schneiderman's attempt to take down 45, they are now everywhere. But this began back in 2013. Now we're seeing a similar story with the current New York DA, Alan Bragg, leading yet another witch hunt against President Trump. We saw his rights being violated in record real time. Jeffrey's stories and insights on Donald Trump are eternal, and it's what we need right now to get fired up, okay? Patriots don't get mad, we get busy. And that's what we need to do in this day and age. Don't get mad, do your civic duty. Patriots, time to wake up. It's the difference between being patriotic and being a patriot. And we need a Patriots to report to this line. So now we're going to bring you this amazing interview with the one and only Jeffrey Lord. We are here to defend democracy for the people. Welcome, Patriots. Welcome back. We are ready. It's time. It's always nice to get the sizzle in the bacon when we get there. So we finally are to the point where we're going to have our special guest that I was alluding to on. We are dipping into the House of Lords today. No, not the one you're thinking. We have an amazing guest, and it is the one and only Jeffrey Lord. He is an icon um, among people in this movement. He was, he's a journalist, an author, just a commentator. He is a staple at, at things in the conservative movement now, and he is joining us today. Good morning there, Raven. How are we? Welcome. After that, I think people are expecting you to walk on water. You're not going to disappoint them, are you? 
And no, and I, I, <laughs> I should, I should add, if you hear any noise, we're in the middle of a windstorm of sorts, uh, right behind me. So, uh, okay. periodically I'm hearing, I'm hearing all this, there's, there's a whole series of pine trees behind my house. And, you know, on one occasion, one of them actually was toppled and <laughs> barely missed the house. Well, so uh, uh, you're you not hear, unique you, to that. I'm going to tell you because the whole country's in the midst of hot air being blown around. <laughs> uh, so we're oh, all true. kind of feeling it. We're all in the storm shelter, seeking shelter from the the storm that is Biden. But tell our, our, our listeners and our viewers you know, I know your story. You were one of the people who was at CNN when it was actually a station you would want to watch. <laughs> So tell us a little bit about your background. Well, let's see. Uh, I was born and raised in, for the most part, in Northampton, Massachusetts. My parents were from Eastern Long Island, uh, high school sweethearts. This uh, little skirmish known as World War II came along and good old dad was off to, uh, uh, off to war. He was in the, uh, he was a captain of artillery in the, in the U.S. Army and served in the Philippines, uh, you know, the Battle of Lady Gulf and all this stuff. And then eventually came back, married, good old mom. They worked in New York City for a while, and then I'm going to make an appearance. And I think they decided, you know, they wanted to spread their wings, so they didn't go home to Riverhead, Long Island. They instead, and they didn't want to raise a kid in New York City, so they picked Northampton, Massachusetts. And that plays a not insignificant role in where I am today, because they got into politics there. And my dad held Calvin Coolidge's old seat on the Northampton City Council, which is where President Coolidge started out. And my mom was uh, the, the chair of the Hampshire County Republican Women. So uh, in lieu of a babysitter, and I'm an only child, they would take me to city council meetings and Republican state conventions and my mother's uh, women's meetings and all this. And I don't think they intended this, but... I'm soaking this all up and I just loved it. And it really got into the bloodstream. So from then on out, uh, I was always very interested. We, my dad was in the hotel business. So we moved a couple times and uh, wound up here in Camp Hill, Pennsylvania, which is suburban Harrisburg, yes. uh, the state capital. And, and uh, uh, But you then I, jumped I, into journalism, didn't you? You jumped into, you, you went on to CNN. And to have a pretty yeah. successful career. Well, I started it with in, in politics, working in the Pennsylvania State Senate staff when I was right out of college. Moved from there, got a job offer. I ran for the legislature and thankfully lost when I was a dopey 25-year-old. And uh, uh, from there, I got a job offer to go to Washington, which I did working as a press secretary and legislative director for a congressman from Pennsylvania. Then over to the Senate, I worked as executive assistant to Senator John Hines of the Hines Ketchup family fame. And uh, then into the Reagan-Bush re-election campaign, and then into the White House, the Reagan White House, working for President Reagan as a political director, White House political director. And then- Oh, wait, I have to stop you because you just, you just launched a, a nuke on us. You were in the Reagan White House. That is like the conservative grail there. What was, what was he like? Oh, he was terrific. He was terrific. Uh, I can tell you a couple stories if you'd like. Uh, you know the famous uh, speech he gave in Berlin, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall? Yes, I well, do. So the, so, so the deal is that this line was put in the speech by the Reagan White House speechwriters. 
But as is always done, and I suspect every White House, once the speechwriters come up with the draft, it gets circulated. And if it's foreign policy, the State Department takes a look. And it came back from the State Department without that uh, that that line in it. Well, the Reagan speechwriters put it back in and sent it out again, and it came back without it. So now President Reagan is literally in the White House limo uh, on his way to the Berlin Wall. And sitting next to him is my friend Ken Duberstein, who was his last White House chief of staff. And Reagan sees that it's not in there. And he says to Ken, should I should I put it back in? To which, to his everlasting credit, Ken Duberstein says, Mr. President, sir, you're the president. Come on now. And, <laughs> and with that, it went back in and he gave the speech, which is famous today. And just out of sight over here on my wall, I have uh, framed a little piece of the Berlin Wall. <laughs> and it's funny because in my book, there's a section that I discuss because I was my parents were stationed there when the Berlin Wall was up. So I have a really harrowing tale in Raven's Mantle wow. about... Uh, watching somebody who decided he wanted to scale it and lost his life trying to get to freedom. And that's the essence of what I fight for today. But you had a different kind of fight in the sense that, you know, you were kind of one of the few, uh, you're working, you've got a successful career, and then President Trump comes along and the dynamic changes for you. Yes, yes. So I, I got out after the Bush 41 administration these people, what was their name? Oh yeah, Bill and Hillary somebody <laughs> uh, come along. And of course, all the Reagan Bush appointees have to leave, which is the way the government works, right? And uh, so I decided at that point that, uh, you know, I'd done all these different things. I didn't want to be a lobbyist so that I would become, uh, I'd get into the media and become a journalist. So I started writing and writing and writing and writing and eventually got published in the Wall Street Journal, and then the American Spectator, and it has finally uh, blossomed. And so in 2013, um, somebody uh, at the American Spectator in the day had seen Donald Trump on TV with Matt Lauer on the Today Show. And Matt Lauer asked him if he's thinking of running for president in 2016, and he says, yes, he is. Well, my uh, then colleague at the American Spectator was not a Trump fan. And he writes the column, can't we just ignore Donald Trump? Well, I hadn't seen it. And and I checked my email on the weekend. And there is a there is a tagline from somebody who worked for then worked for Donald Trump, who had a mutual friend with me and got my email. And the tagline from this guy was, Jeffrey, this is BS. And I thought, well, what's this? So I read the article and I thought, well, I'll answer this. So, you know, I didn't know him, but I, I had read his books. I admired his career. I thought he was, you know, could be a great president. So I wrote a column, never ignore Donald Trump. And the next thing you know, in comes a thank you note to me at the American Spectator headquarters in Alexandria, Virginia from Donald Trump, which they photocopy and, you know, send up to me via email. I thought, well, that's nice. I didn't think too much else of it at the time. But I have the freedom to write whatever I want to write. Yes. Spectator. And I I observed a, a little ways down the pike that uh, the New York Attorney General, a Democrat by the name of Eric Schneiderman, who later resigned in disgrace in, in amid some sexual allegations, um, but he was going after Trump. 
And uh, I thought, you know, this guy wants to be governor and he's using Trump to get publicity. And I do investigate some investigating and find out that he'd gone to Trump for money for, for his campaign, didn't get the contribution amount that he felt he was entitled to, went to Jared, Ivanka, Don Jr., same sort of situation. And he 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 then, in essence, says to these people the the equivalent of nice business you got here. You wouldn't want anything to happen to it. <laughs> well, you know, I, once I find all this out, I wrote a column, Shakedown Schneiderman. And I, I had found out that he had done stuff other than the same kind of thing, but to people other than Donald Trump. So I went through this in some detail and I'm sitting, you know, and the column runs. And again, I didn't really think too much of it. I'm sitting at home on Labor Day weekend of 2013 on a Saturday, taking care of good old 90 something year old mom at that point. And I'm sitting here writing away and uh, in this office, <laughs> the phone rings. And I always say, you know how you recognize that you, you know, you know a voice, but you you can't figure out who it belongs yes. to. And I pick up the phone and the voice on the other says, Jeffrey, yes, this is Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. And we were off and running from that moment. And uh, uh, unbeknownst to me, because I don't run the American Spectator, I just write for it. Right. But the, the American Spectator is par, uh, is owned by the American Spectator Foundation, and we have a big glitzy Washington dinner every fall uh, with political, you know, it's black tie and political figures. And uh, that year, they had picked, unbeknownst to me, Donald Trump and Ted Cruz with a, another appearance by the actor Gary Sinise. Mm, nice. And... Uh, about a week before the event, uh, I got a call from Trump's office. Mr. Trump would like you to fly down with him. And I said, well, let me let me get back to you. Let here. me think about chance, it. Yes. <laughs> well, and, and by chance, uh, one of my girl cousins, as I call her, she's uh, about 60, I guess. <laughs> she she calls and I said, Beth, to check out my mother. And I said, Beth, you'll never believe the call I just got. And she says, well, you're going to do it, aren't you? <laughs> She yes. says, look, I know the problem. I'll come down there, take care of your mother. You do it. So she came down. I got up at the crack of dawn on the appointed day, drove the two hours from here to Washington, parked the car at the hotel where the event was going to be, took the train to New York, walked up to Trump Tower. And I was a little early. So here's the, here's the, here's the story. So I walk in. And if you've ever been in there, uh, the first floor and the and the floor underneath it, the basement floor, are filled with shops and restaurants, all tied to Donald Trump. So I'm just sort of moseying around to kill time, and I, I get to the back, and there's a, a a men's tie counter with all these nice ties, and I thought, well, maybe I'll get one for myself, you know, as a souvenir. And then I saw the price and said, maybe not. <laughs> so it gets to be time to go upstairs to see him, and. They take me right in and introduce me, and uh, he's looking at pictures. He'd opened a golf course in the Bronx that, uh, a couple days earlier with Jack Nicholas and Mayor Bloomberg, and a typical Trump story, you know, the, the city of New York had been unable to get this done, so they turned to him, and, and he got it done. So when we're done looking at the pictures, we he takes me up to his, the top three floors uh, where his apartment is, and he says, you, you know, just take a look around. His bodyguard was with was with me. And he says, I'm going to go up and change my shirt and I'll be right down. I, I get taken around and I always say, you know, it's just like your place and mine. Frescoes on the ceiling, the faucets in the bathroom were solid gold <laughs> and the floor was marble. <laughs> That's 
just so he lost. comes he comes down says says okay let's go and we go down and we come out to a back lobby that's parallel to the lobby i came in which was obviously for all the people who live and work in the building you know it's private and we're starting to head out the door and he says oh wait wait jeff come with me takes me by the arm through a side door and we come out in the public lobby and instantly he was swarmed my political brain you know went off immediately i mean i was really amazed he was swarmed with people they recognized them they wanted autographs they wanted selfies and all this sort of thing which he abides by he takes me over to the tie counter which i had not mentioned to him <laughs> and he says pick one oh. i said no, no he says pick one he said i said okay and then he, he said pick another and i said donald he pick another so I do that. Then he turns to the girl behind the counter and says, yeah, and give him uh, give him that one and give him uh, give him that one over there. And then, oh, yeah, give him one of those up there. And one of those up here up there was men's cologne success by Trump. <laughs> <laughs> OK, that's so we were off and running from that moment. We flew down on his uh, private jet and uh uh, the, the, a smaller one, a citation. He said, Al Gorzo is giving me grief for using the 757. And the smaller citation will get us to Washington faster in 28 minutes. So damn, we went, we had a great evening. And uh, when it was all over, he said, I'll call you tomorrow. And I thought, yeah, right. Well, he did. And ever since, uh, we've been great in that. Long story short is how I got to CNN because he... Uh, announced for president in 2015 and is on with uh, Katie Tour from MSNBC. And she says, you know, there are people in the conservative media who don't like you. And she names, you know, George Will and I think the late Charles Krauthammer at that point and Jonah Goldberg. And, and uh, he says, well, you're not going to name the ones who like me, are you? Well, she didn't. And I think it's stuck in his craw. By the way, you're going to mention the ones that do like Trump? You don't do that, do you? The next one up was with Anderson Cooper. Uh, from CNN, and that goes on about 40 minutes. The subject doesn't come up, but when it's over, um, he says to Anderson, you know, every time you have me on, you follow me up with Bush guys who hate me. Why don't you ever have, have me on follow up with somebody who likes me? Anderson says, who? <laughs> and the next thing you know, I'm on CNN. <laughs> and uh, it was amazing. Well, I tell you, that is, it's, I, I like for people to hear a personal story because everybody has an opinion. You know, my opinion is that trump is a rock star i absolutely yes. love this guy he is the only person i know who can make ymca cool you know that yes that's it, right because we were dancing in the streets at cpac and you were there with me uh at cpac this past time but i feel like now what's more important is you just gave us some really clear examples of he does what he says he's very poignant with what he does and he's promises made promises kept people like to make this about personalities this is about our country is you know swirling the toilet bowl of communism right now and we need real leadership and we saw it at cpac but what are your thoughts as re relates to what donald trump has done for this country and what we need him to do again yeah he kept his word and you know as somebody who worked for president reagan and i often compared the two on tv which which he he loved i later learned um but you know he put conservatives on the federal judiciary i went in to see him with some colleagues from the american spectator in i think it was november of 2019 
and uh, he was sitting, you know, he greeted us, took us in, and and the big desk there, which has a lot of American history with it, uh, it's called the Resolute Desk because it was a gift from uh, Queen Victoria to President Rutherford B. Hayes, made from the timbers of the HMS Resolute, which the U.S. Navy had rescued when it was stuck in the ice uh, in the Arctic. And then when the ship was retired, uh, Queen Victoria used the timbers to make this desk as a gift. And uh, it has been with presidents ever, ever since. And so he's sitting behind the desk and uh, he's got a stack of papers right in front of him. And he or, or actually he calls and says, bring in those papers that I just had. And, and they bring in this huge chunk of papers. Well, what they were were presidential commissions, signed commissions that these people had been uh, nominated and then confirmed by the Senate for the federal judiciary. And I think there were some 200 of them. And, you know, when he holds them up and shows them and, you know, Donald J. Trump at the bottom, you know, one for each of these appointees. Well, that's a pretty significant step when you're naming all these people to the federal bench it's a lifetime appointment and uh, and then of course he did the same on the supreme court so he was very very proud to have done that and that's something that conservatives really identify with and he did a great job of and that it was resolute i know that a lot of i'd be remiss if i didn't say because there are a lot of patriots thinking the same thing that i did did jeffrey just take us into an episode of national treasure you know, of, of, of we, we got a little action adventure history story about the resolute desk, you know, you know, what was penned. It was resolute. It was firm. It was um, that is that is big Donald style right there. That's a, a, a Trump. And, and uh, you know, there, there is a there is a, a another sort of story with that desk. Uh, it had, as most desks do, you know, an opening in the middle. And when Franklin Roosevelt became president, of course, he was paralyzed and his legs were in braces. Yes. So they put a door on it yes. with the presidential seal so that you couldn't see it. But the door would swing open. And when President Kennedy was in the White House, son John was like two years old and he'd play peekaboo. Correct. And, you know, That's get an infamous photo of him being under the desk. And I actually knew my parents are history buffs, so I actually knew that, that Yes. Um, he had that commission to cover the fact that he was in a wheelchair. And I'm telling you, so that is, but now as we move forward, I, I want to to tell you your thoughts. You know, you were at CPAC and we heard President Trump give a speech about what he is going to do to return America because we are, the economy is messed up. Our border is wide open. Uh, we've got SVB Bank that is in trouble. They are messing around with the economy. This is a nightmare for the American people. We are in historically awful times right now. Uh, what is the, you know, what is your your quick sentiment on what President Trump can do to, to well, bring us back? Well, I think he's back? uniquely situated to, to combat this, which is exactly why, uh, as I call it, the ruling class in America, the, all these elites that make up about 10% of the population as opposed to the 90% of us that are in uh, what is called the country class, uh, which is why they don't like him. I mean, he's an outsider. He's a businessman. He's not a career politician. And he knows how to get things done and do things in a different way than a lot of these people would do. I mean, he 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 fights for the American people. And I think that has was very evident at CPAC and, and the fact that he was so enormously popular. I mean, as you well know, you, you were there 
that place was a sea of red hats. It was. It was MAGAville. <laughs> and T-shirts and buttons. MAGA Town, MAGA USA, MAGAverse. It was. It was. It was on. But that was the important. It was good to see patriots on their feet, dancing, energized because we got real leadership, and that's what this is about. What's also is so. Am I correct in quoting you that they can't buy him? Normally, you know. Dollars are dead. Benjamins are the currency and they can't buy Donald Trump. They can't buy him. They can't silence him. And if they can't control him, they want to destroy him. That's right. That's exactly what's going on. And Lord knows they've made an attempt. I write uh, in my latest column for the American Spectator about this business of uh, investigations from the New York City District Attorney. And uh I, I had access to a letter from President Trump's attorney, Joe Tacopina, um, requesting an investigation into the DA's office from the New York City uh, Office of Investigations. And the reason being that the lawyers in the, in the DA's office were well on record with their personal hatred of President Trump and using their offices in in the New York District Attorney's office to uh, try and get him indicted. Uh, you know, an abuse of power like is is hard to imagine. And I certainly hope they meet their comeuppance. I mean, I think people who who do things like that, I don't care whether the target is Bill Bill Clinton or Donald Trump or whomever, but anybody who abuses their power like that in a legal setting and weaponizes it, Yes. should, I think, be fired, and I would even suggest be disbarred and lose their uh, lose their law license because that is an unbelievable abuse of power. It is, and I want to wrap up as we're you're running short on time. I just want to give a quick lightning round from the Jeffrey Lord. So I need a fact or fiction. I'm going to rattle off a few statements about uh, President Trump, and I would like to have patriots hearing that. We have not, so just to confirm, we have not plan this in advance, correct? No. Okay, so I just want to give you a statement and if you could just tell us if it's fact or fiction. And uh, so that many of the people who are attacking Donald Trump were people who vaxxed favors for him or liked him before he announced he was running for office. That many of the people that say again that backed him? That the people who are now trashing Donald Trump and attacking oh, yes. him are the ones who are asking for favors and wanted to know him and wanted to be part of whatever he you know, was he's doing. You know, He's got he's got a new book out, Letters to Trump, or something like that, and it's filled with all these letters from all these celebrity types who just loved him until he ran for president. So that's a fact, <laughs> correct? And right. um, that he took no salary while he was fact. running for president. Um, the fact that he warned us that on day one that the Democrats would destabilize our border and our economy. Yeah, yes, indeed. And and they have. And that he has, we had record unemployment and a booming stock market and a thriving economy under President Fact Trump. Fact for sure. Fact for sure. Absolutely. And that um, he is a Russian asset. Uh, false. Completely false. false. And debunked false by their own people. Didn't Mueller actually try to pretend to do his job once he couldn't find anything? And they were really looking. So I just want to uh, but leave people encouraged that this is the propaganda in the machine. So is Trump the best 
option for America to get us back on track in 2024? Oh, I believe, absolutely. I believe he's very unique. Uh, I think he's, like Ronald Reagan, unique in that sense. And uh, it would be great to see him back there. Woo, that's what I'm talking about. And twice on Sunday. So thank you so much for being with us. Where can, because you are writing, you are communicating, you are still out there fighting the good fight. Where can people and patriots and our listeners find you and catch up with they what you're doing? They can find me at thejeffreylord.com and my podcast, The Word of the Lord with Jeffrey Lord. And then I'm also at spectator.org and uh, Newsbusters. So that is, did you guys catch that? The Word of the Lord. Come on now. This is a, a tongue-in-cheek. That actually is his last name, but this is not only a flesh and blood. This is a spiritual war we're fighting. So come on, patriots, Christians, Americans, report to this line. It is time. We are no longer. It's time to stop trying to, you know, accept the things we can't change and change the things we can't accept. And that's where it starts right here. Jeffrey, thank exactly. you so much for joining us today and for helping patriots guide through these shark-infested waters. And hopefully we can talk to you again as we move forward to 2024. Absolutely. Thank you, Raven. And onward. Onward, onward. You heard it here. The one and only Jeffrey Lord will be back after this. We are here to defend democracy for the people. Thank you, patriots, for joining us for this episode of Raven's Radar. Did I tell you it was going to be right on time? But I know what you're all thinking. Donald Trump's arrest has left many feeling scared and uncertain about what the future of our country is. In one of his books, Trump wrote, and I quote, worry, fear, and indecision destroy focus. Take charge of your life and you must conquer fear. This is an important reminder that our mental dialogue can be the biggest enemy in difficult times. We strive to zap every negative thought as soon as it appears. And instead of focus on our goals with resilience and courage, rather than despairing over the current state of affairs, let us remember that the bad times also bring great opportunities for growth and for progress. We at Raven's Radar are more resolute than ever. So please pray for Donald Trump and this great country. And remember, faith without works is dead. We all have a role in saving our country and those who can do. If you can't be on the front lines, support those of us who are. I know I will be standing with President Trump. I stand with America and our patriots. God bless America. God bless Donald Trump. And God bless all our patriots in this movement. Thank you.